0: This is the Craft of Coaching podcast, where you'll learn about how to become a life coach with a strong skill set through understanding the craft of coaching. I'm Kate Swoboda, also known as Kate Courageous. As the director of a life coach training program called the Courageous Living Coach Certification Program, I'm passionate about the craft of coaching and how we evolve the skills and the industry. Learn more about our program at teamclcc.com, and here's today's episode. Hey everyone, today we're getting into questions to ask resistant coaching clients, aka, by the way, questions that you can ask yourself when you are stuck in resistance, right? Because the work is always at least somewhat personal. It's uh, not a guru mentality that we serve up around here in the craft of coaching, and that's something that I also teach as part of the Courageous Living Coach Certification. We put self-coaching, experiential, learning, you receiving coaching at the same time that you're practicing it as part of our training model with the intent of not getting into that kind of, oh, well, a client who really wants it is gonna go after it, and anybody else who's in their resistance, they're uncoachable. I'm not a fan of the term uncoachable. I actually think it's a very negative label that gets put on clients who are just simply afraid. It's not very empathetic. So, instead we look in the Courageous Living Coach certification at resistance. And so here are questions that you can ask yourself if you're stuck in a state of resistance because the work always starts with you and or you could use with coaching clients in a one-on-one session. So I'm going to go through these questions. This might be a little bit of a shorter than usual episode for that reason. We'll see. Uh, And I'm going to give a little bit of context for each question, but for the most part, I'm going to let them hang. One thing that I do think is helpful is some level of client education around what resistance is and how it shows up. So that you're not just throwing a book of coachy jargon at a client by going, okay, resistance questions. You know, have a discussion with your client about what resistance looks like, how it shows up in their life. Ask the client to self-identify resistance and have a really transparent conversation about that before you embark on some of these questions. So here we go. First one. Assuming, of course, that a client has taken that time to understand what resistance is and how it shows up in their life, how does your resistance serve you? How does your resistance serve you? Common response from clients will be, well, it doesn't. Nope, but it does. Procrastination serves us in some way. Not in the long term of their goals, but in the short term. Recycling old hurts and betrayals serves us in some way, and it could be that it serves us in that the drama of recycling that is a distraction from where the client wants to go next. It could be that it serves the client in that the recycling is part of how they're trying to process it out of their system. So how does your resistance serve you? What are you getting from that? Another equally as valuable question, how does it hurt? How does the resistance hurt emotionally, maybe physically, if pain is showing up in the body? How does it hurt? How does it hold you back? What are the consequences of holding on to the resistance? Next question, what's the wisdom of the resistance? This is similar to how does your resistance serve you, but it's a little bit of a different flavor because when it's phrased as what's the wisdom of resistance, the client is more likely to pause and ask themselves what larger process might be at work. I will give an example for this that I think is really relevant. I left California in 2020. We moved in the middle of a pandemic. We had a plan for moving to Las Vegas, Nevada, my husband and our daughter and I. We were having a house built for us in Las Vegas. The pandemic hit. We ran some numbers. We went, okay, that much money for that house in Las Vegas, which is a fantastic city, even for people, I'm not just talking about the shows, okay? It's a fantastic city in so many ways, but historically, it has not recovered well from recessions. And that made my husband and I nervous about putting down that much money for a house at that price point. So we, we backed out of it. And on two weeks' notice, we decided to go to the Austin, Texas area. As I record this right now, my husband and I have already decided it's all, like it was a pandemic plan, not a permanent plan. We won't be staying in the area. There's nothing wrong with Austin either, by the way, another great city. It's just not where we ultimately want to be. And in, and as a side note, it is very humid. <laughs> I grew up in the Midwest and I thought I could handle the humidity in Austin I don't know. Maybe something's changed with age. I have no clue. I can't handle the humidity in Austin. That's part of why, that's a big reason why we're leaving. So, as we're sitting here now, we're going to leave Austin. Okay. I spent many months here in the initial time in the Austin area on phone calls with my coach, really feeling resistance around wanting to leave yet feeling like it didn't make sense that we wanted to leave because on paper everything looks good it's very affordable there's a lot of art music and culture a lot of outdoor activities the neighborhood we live in is a really great neighborhood with a little cul-de-sac down the street for my daughter to play the school district is phenomenal it's like a 10 out of 10 on great schools for the specific elementary school my daughter would attend These are all on paper. It looks good. It looks right. So why was I not feeling it? Why have I not been like, Austin, it's so great. It's great in many ways, and I don't know why. It just isn't happening for me. So this question, what's the wisdom of resistance? You know where I ultimately landed is the metaphor that the city you live in, at least for me, that there's something similar to dating. You know, with dating, the, everything can look good on paper, but if you don't meet your person and kind of look at them like, mm-hmm, hello, it, the chemistry isn't there. If you aren't feeling something in your body when you meet the person who looks good on paper, well, it's not for you. The chemistry for me is not there with the Austin area. I'm, I, everything's great. There's no, like, thing I can point to other than the humidity that is, like, a strong enough complaint. It's just not hidden for me in terms of chemistry. I don't know why. So we are going to be moving again. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, so this is the wisdom of resistance. The wisdom of resistance, my resistance showing up has wisdom to it, and the wisdom is... Something in me is going, it's just not quite for you, Kate. It's just not your flavor. It's great for a lot of other people. It's just not your flavor. That's okay. So asking a a client who is in their resistance, what's the wisdom of the resistance points to the larger process that might be going on for that client. And for me, the larger process is about honoring that if it doesn't feel right in my body, if the chemistry vibe isn't there, it doesn't mean that it's bad. And it doesn't mean that I'm bad because there was totally a place where I was like, oh God, you know, why can't I just like it more? I just, I don't know why. I don't know what's wrong. I can't, But I don't have to be different. And Austin doesn't have to be different. It's just not a match. And that's Okay. Next question for a client who is struggling with resistance. Uh, Again, a variation on some of the other questions, but a good one for inquiry. What is the resistance trying to tell you? What is the resistance trying to tell you? And here's another one How committed are you to your resistance? How committed are you to your resistance? Again, another one that provides a bit of a neural interruption. Most clients are going, to go, What do you mean? I'm not committed to it. I don't want it. I wish it'd go away. I'm not committed to it. And it, by the way, this is not one that I'd come out the gate asking because it's really confrontational if you haven't done any of the prior work of empathizing with the fact that resistance is a hard place to be, being transparent with the client about. What resistance is, how it shows up in their lives, that it's a really normal experience to have resistance if you have done none of that and you come straight out the gate going, "Well, how committed are you to your resistance must mean you're committed to being stuck a little harsh. I mean, again, take on some of these questions as your own self inquiry. Does it feel good to you if somebody's like wagging a finger at you like are you, you must you must just want to be stuck No gentle. In the Courageous Living Coach Certification, we talk about the concept of confronting with kindness. Confronting with kindness. You are confronting, you're being direct, but you're also bringing the empathy. So tone of voice has a lot to do with this. Prior client education about resistance has a lot to do with this. Asking very simply, okay, all right, we've talked about resistance. It shows up for you as XYZ. Now I want to ask a question that's pretty direct and I'm asking it with gentleness. Go deep with this. How committed are you to your resistance? And really letting that question hang in the air, letting the the client unpack it. Because there was a point, I, I'll go back and just put myself on the chopping block for dissection and analysis in this episode. There was a point in my it, my resistance around living in Texas that where where I was committed to that resistance, I was really I I was, I was pretty in the drama of I was wrong because why couldn't I like it more because nothing was really wrong with the area and was something wrong with the area that I just wasn't picking up on yet? What was the vibe? And I'm like, you know, uncovering every little rock, trying to see if there's some, you know, why do I feel this way? It must mean either something's wrong with me or something's wrong with the area. It was just a lot of anxiety and I was pretty committed to being in that anxiety for a little while until I wasn't. And I think it's a great question to ask yourself. How committed are you to this? And when a client says, I'm not committed at all, okay, great. So that means then that we can move to the next question. If a client's really like, I am, I'm not committed, I'm ready, I'm done, I'm letting this go. Then we can ask the next question, which is, how do you want to work on the resistance rather than bypass the resistance? There is a huge difference between working on resistance and trying to bypass resistance. When I was in a space of making myself wrong for not being wildly in love with the city I was in, then I was trying to bypass my resistance. I didn't want to know what the wisdom of the resistance was. I just wanted an answer. And the answer is I'm wrong and I should be better and I should like it more. Or I was trying to bypass the resistance by going, I'd, I'd sort of pull out these things that I didn't like that really were these flimsy things. Like I, I remember a huge obsession for me was that there were not enough trees in my neighborhood because I, I you know, had, had this subdivision we're living in and it's like a cookie cutter neighborhood. I don't like it. I don't like a cookie cutter neighborhood. By the way, when we first bought the house, the idea of the cookie cutter neighborhood was a pro, It was like, great, very simple cookie cutter neighborhood. They've got an HOA, so we're not going to have a lot of partiers living next door to us, you know, being drunk and disorderly. That was how I thought of it at the time. And then we move in a couple months later. Oh, there are no trees. It's too cookie cutter. I don't like it. These are not, these are not real reasons (laughs) for not liking a place. I was trying to find something wrong with the area to justify why I felt the way I felt. In other words, I'm trying to bypass actually going, let me work on the resistance I'm feeling and see what it's here to teach me and what kind of process I'm in. I'm trying to hop to the answer. And again, I just for a long time ping-ponging back and forth, back and forth between the answer is I'm wrong, I'm bad, or the answer is something outside of me is wrong and bad. Let me not look at the process I'm in. Let me, let me avoid the uncomfortable feelings of my grief about leaving California, which I love very much, but it just wasn't working for us in a whole host of other ways. And let me also not at all pay any attention to what I might want in a city that I'm living in. Let me just make myself wrong or the city wrong. And I was in that place for a long time. Now I'm not. And I can wholeheartedly say, you want to go live in Austin? Two thumbs up. If you love it, you will have a blast. If you are already somebody living in Austin and you're like, oh, yay, Austin. Great. I'm super happy for you. Just wasn't my city. That's okay. I will totally visit again. So bottom line is the, the process of the resistance bears a lot of fruit for our clients and for ourselves. When we look at how we get stuck in resistance, why we got stuck in resistance, the patterns that we're playing out when we're stuck in resistance, the wisdom of resistance, what it's trying to tell us, the ways in which we actually benefit to some degree in the short term from the resistance, the ways in which the resistance is actually not in our best interest. All of that is working on resistance, what we want to try not to do in our own lives or to make it clear to our clients what it looks like. We want to try to not bypass the resistance. We want to try to actually get into who we want to be, not just a binary of right and wrong. We want to try to go within, not just look at the external. All right. That's a wrap for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you have a moment to give us a rating in iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast, oh, it's so helpful because that helps other people to learn about this podcast and also listen in. You might also want to become a subscriber so that you always get the latest episodes. If you head over to the Courageous Living Coach Certification website at teamclcc.com, that's t e a m c l c c ccom and sign up to be a subscriber, not only will you get the first information about whenever we open up enrollment, you will also get access to a number of bonuses like our Become a Coach video series, invitations to webinars on the craft of coaching, and so much more. So I hope that I see you over there. Once again, thanks so much for listening and I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day.